Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. Good morning. It is Friday, July 7th. It is six minutes after nine. It is the Kendall and Casey show. Rob Kendall on paternity leave. And in his place, we have Tony Kinnett joining us today. Thanks for coming in, Tony. Absolutely. Always happy to be on. Okay. I just got a text from Rob. Yes, planning on being back on Monday. I just texted him, what asked him nerd. how he was doing, and he was still planning on being here Monday, and he said, yes, he is. So uh, all back to normal. Uh, the gang will be back together on Monday, which will be fun to uh, hear about his experiences. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me on Twitter, Casey Daniels 317 Hey, by show of hands, who is glad it's Friday? Oh, praise Wait God. A minute. And, and Wait a minute. Put your hands back on the steering wheel. Okay, let's talk about it. You know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna introduce here is our first subject. Bring it, cocaine in the White House. Okay, ah, so some big ch- changes as to where the cocaine was found uh, after blaming the cocaine incident on a random tourist, possibly maybe AIDS. Now the White House is claiming that the cocaine was found in a much more secure place. They're now saying near the situation room and next to where, for example, the vice president's vehicle is parked. That's scary to think that it's next to the situation room. That is a highly secure area. But here's the question. Are they now trying to blame the VP on this? Uh, no, actually, I, I'm still going with my take from Wednesday, which is that every single staffer and I, by the way, I double checked my sources in the afternoon mm-hmm. when I got home. I called some of my friends in D.C. who have either interned at the White House, who have staffed at the White House, who worked in various departments. And yes, it is still true. It is so easy as a staffer in D.C. to get cocaine. It is actually easier to get cocaine in D.C. than it is to get your hands on in on illicit Adderall. It is much more easy to obtain because there's an Adderall shortage. There's not a cocaine shortage. D.C. runs on Adderall and cocaine, period. Mm. All staffers have access to it. So that they found, you know, I love that both sides are, you know, flipping out over, oh, it's Hunter Biden's cocaine. Oh, no, it's probably left over from Donald Trump Jr. or some mm. another crazy nonsense. No, it's probably just some staffer who like has cocaine because that's what you do next to the situation room at least to me kind of makes sense because that's where you would need it if you're up at two in the morning and you need that i can take over the world and do 856 things at once kind of a thing that is the drug that people turn to for that kind of thing it's uh it's it's not a good sign no it's it in, is, in it is terrible is, yeah. it, is it a big deal that there was cocaine found in the white house absolutely yeah this is a, a, a class two drug. Absolutely. So I think they, they need to get to the bottom of this if they have not already. Well, that's what's funny about it, though, is that if they actually go through and objectively, yeah, you have two options here. Number one, you can look at the cameras and see who left it there. Mm-hmm. Duh. Or number two, you can start drug testing people at right. the White House. Yeah. And the reason they are not doing that is because, and I am serious, they we'll don't want to know. to the bank. I can say this with all assurance. You will have at least six out of ten people tested come back as positive for cocaine. I guarantee it. Okay, well, let's uh, listen to Andrea Mitchell, who's about a thousand years old, say that normal people, <laughs> normal people can't get in where the cocaine was found. So, do they or do they not have cameras there? 
Kelly, the big change is where this was found. It was found, um, by my observation, in a much more secure place, limited access place, than that West Wing reception area. It's still a publicly trafficked, a frequently trafficked place, but it's down near the Situation Room, right off West Executive, down below. And normal people, just average people, just can't get in there, even with the entry from the Northwest Gate. Well, let me let me bring you up to date with the reporting that I have. What we have learned is that there are, in fact, two West Wing entrances. You know that. I know that. But for the benefit of our audience. And now the investigation has progressed. And so they're saying the West executive entrance, which, as you noted, is closer to the Situation Room and closer uh, to uh, the Navy mess where there's the facilities for food and so forth. It is uh, also next to West Executive Drive. That's where, for example, the vice president's vehicle is parked. I think it's interesting. MSNBC was one of the first to come out with this. Right. Uh, they're changing their tune for sure, huh? Well, because the, the closer that you actually get into looking into this kind of a situation, the closer that you get to this, the more people who have been in the White House, and especially, again, there are a lot of people who have been on staff at the White House over the last couple of decades. There are a lot of cameras. There are a lot of cameras. And mm-hmm. unlike your local Speedway, all of those cameras record and store video in ultra high definition. And I know that because I have friends who work at Raytheon who are one of the groups that help make sure the White House is very, very secure. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely cameras in and around the situation room, uh, for one, because it needs access to Walter Reed. They, they need to be able to look into a room if there's some kind of a medical accident and there is a physician on standby who is able to look at what is going on in any room of the White House at any given time just to just to tune in because they might be able to give life saving advice to paramedics who are en route to pick up that person and bring them to Walter Reed. Now, when you're hearing a lot about Secret Service, understand that there are two parts to the Secret Service. There are the agents and these are the guys that you see in the suits with the earpiece and they are to protect the body, right? whether it's the president or the vice president. And then there is the uniform division, and the uniform division are the ones who are to protect the building. Both travel with whatever dignitary they're guarding, right. but it is the uniform division of the Secret Service who has most likely found the cocaine. Now MSNBC is reporting that expectations are being lowered about an eventual conclusion like they're saying we may never know oh just like the supreme court leaker oh we may never know exactly like that but keep in mind it's just a small bag and the key thing is that multiple officials are cautioning that it is unlikely uh, and certainly possible uh, that there would be a resolution to this, meaning forensic evidence found that could identify an individual. Scanning the video, doing the testing, uh, but they are preparing us for uh, a result that will be no conclusive evidence found. And uh, that is still subject to change as the work continues, uh, but that should give people a sense of where this is. Uh, They are looking at what's available. They're saying it's a very small bag, limited ability to test it because as tests are done, whether it's DNA or fingerprinting or other scientific type uh, processes in the lab, uh, you further degrade that sample, making it harder to get information from it. And of course, they're scanning the videos. 
It's first, just a little amount. First of all, that, that's not how that works. I'm sorry. Uh, scientist chiming in here. Uh-huh. Did, did, oh, it's a very small bag, and every time you test it, you actually reduce very significantly the amount of material that you're able to test with. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, how small was this bag of cocaine? What Did they watch just like 1980s cop shows where all of the cocaine is just flour packed into gallon Ziploc bags? You know what I'm talking about? Like big, massive, brick, huge, yeah, yeah, big bricks. Is that what they think happened, that someone was just carrying a hefty bag of cocaine over their shoulder like Santa Claus and Miami Vice. Is that really what we think is going on here? No. Come on. Come on, <laughs> folks. Uh, just want to remind you a list of other things that they can't locate or won't release. Well, for one, who the cocaine culprit is. How about the Nashville Shooter Manifesto? Mm. How about the SCOTUS leaker from Roe v. Wade? How about the Epstein client list? How about the $2.3 trillion in Pentagon transactions? So it seems like there's some uh, ineptness going on. But I I have an idea of who the culprit was. I, I know, Tony, because I have people on oh. the inside. Oh, let's go. It was the cocaine bear. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on you. The bear f***ing did cocaine. Uh, it was the cocaine bear. bear. did cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's true. I, honestly, I, I'm not even going to fact check that. Okay, well, following the discovery of the cocaine at the White House, bookies are now getting in on the action, and they peg Hunter Biden as the odds-on favorite as the culprit. So this is an overseas sports book. It's called BetOnline.ag, and it gives Hunter plus 170 odds as the owner. They're placing him as the most likely wrongdoer among oh, no. the listed suspects. People are actually betting on this okay, now. Okay, so, well, uh, see, so I'm going to pull on my Jason Hammer hat here for a second, and I'm going to say, uh, have they listed the other people as suspects? Like, do you get groups of people? Like, are staffers an option? Well, they they've listed people. Staffer is not an option. Uh, an option. They oh, I was have say, listed because I would I would bet just like random staffer. I would I would put money against those odds on Hunter Biden. They have Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. <laughs> They have one of the Jonas Brothers. Angelina Jolie is on this list. Let's throw Suzanne Crouch, the lieutenant governor, on there as a wild card. You, you know, just, just a possibility. Any, yeah, like, it could on be there. Suzanne Crouch's cocaine. Yeah. Okay, so they have the president and uh, the first lady, Joe Biden, at the very bottom of the pack with uh, plus 15,000 and plus 10,000 odds uh, as the favorites. I'm going to get an angry email from one of the GOP chapters later because I said Suzanne Crouch and cocaine. You in the probably same will, and you probably should. Uh, he's he's at the Tonus on Twitter. It is 16 after 9. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. It is 19 minutes after 9. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kinnett filling in today. So top Republicans on Capitol Hill demanding that the Office of Special Counsel investigate claims that those IRS whistleblowers were removed from the probe into Hunter Biden. So back in June, the House Ways and Means Committee released transcript of those two IRS whistleblowers, and they alleged that the Justice Department and the IRS investigation into the president's son's business dealings were influenced by politics. So those whistleblowers, they claimed they were removed from the investigation into Hunter Biden after they made those allegations. I, I mean, I, I'm, I, of course, we all know. We, we all know that the Justice Department, we all know the IRS, we all know that the entire U.S. government is working as hard as it can, the alphabet agencies, that is, 
to kind of hush this thing up and keep it quiet, because what we are seeing is a general erosion of Americans' trust in any governmental kind of bureaucratic agency, right? Mm-hmm. And so the question that I have for Republicans is, at what point are you willing to do the Teddy Rooseveltian idea of saying, okay, you know what, do this by next week, or you know what, contempt of Congress, and we're not talking like a fine, we're talking like 10 years in prison, contempt mm. of Congress. I Seriously, at what point are you going to do something? That'll get a move. A, a strongly worded letter, yeah. I'm just, I'm, oh, they demanded, ooh, they demanded, oh no, I'm shaking in my sperries. Okay, well, here's a savage take from Louisiana Senator John Kennedy. Oh, he has, he has the best takes, doesn't he? He does. And you know what? I, I don't want to go to him too often, but he's always out there he, and he's, he's always saying something. He's words. He's that guy who had the, the video that said, the ne- if you don't like cops, the next time you're in trouble, call a crackhead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he, always, he always spins a tail, doesn't he? He does. Well, here he is again, and uh, he's saying that the D.C. establishment is working really hard. Well, Bill, I, I would I guess I'd make two points. Number one, it's almost always the cover up and not the crime. And, and number two, I'm repeatedly amazed at how many smart people there are in Washington, D.C. who have no sense. Um, look, I, I don't know if Mr. Hunter Biden committed a crime. I, I sure don't know if President Biden committed a crime. We're trying to get a, get the facts. But but I do know this, and I think the American people can see it. The the uh, the, the Washington managerial elite, the establishment, if you will, is um, is working harder than an ugly stripper to cover up whatever happened. And and that's all that Congress is asking for is the facts. And and to the point that they have no sense. The, the elite in Washington think that the American people don't see that they're covering up and that they're being obstructionist. Maybe it's a reflection of the contempt they have for the American people, but any fair-minded person can see that uh, that, that that our effort to get to the just the facts are, are being obstructed. Okay. He, he, okay. he needs to constantly get reelected, so, if nothing else, just because he's funny. So I, I want to make this clear. One of the number one, or I, not one of, the, the number one cultural export from the American South is American colloquial phrases. <laughs> you know, working harder than an ugly stripper. stripper. I, mean, yeah. I, I always heard growing up working harder. I can't, I can't say that on the air. Uh, just the other sayings that, you know, those kind of colloquials. And uh, they, they got me in trouble when I was teaching because they're always very blunt and to the point and they're an analogy. Everyone can understand and they stick with you. And yeah, that's that's why he's a popular senator. That's mm-hmm. why Louisiana keeps sending him to D.C. But he's right. I've never seen an administration work this diligently against its own people. Now, I've seen our, our administrations work diligently for, you know, for other ways and means, of course. But to work so hard to cover this up is impossible. Impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that this and they're tripping over themselves. If they would only work that hard for the American people. You know, I think that we could actually get something done if that were the case. Mm, God bless his heart. It, bless his heart. Bless his heart. I tell you what. Yeah. He got a screen door in his submarine. Let's talk about what's going on with Britney Spears. Uh, oh, that's quite the that's quite the turn. Well, you know what? It's been above the fold on a lot of places. She was allegedly smacked in the face by NBA's Victor Wembanyama, uh, his security guard. This happened in Las Vegas. Apparently, she came up 
behind the NBA player, and she allegedly tried to tap him on the shoulder, which led to things getting physical with the security guard. The security guard instantly, I guess, backhanded her, causing her to fall to the ground, knocked off her glasses. The Metro PD say that this is indeed a criminal investigation now, and they're taking the incident, quote, as serious as a heart attack. Oh, my God. And they added the case will likely be referred to the DA although it doesn't mean that criminal charges are going to be filed. So the police report says the one that the person who slapped Brittany is Damian Smith, who is the director of team security for the Spurs. And the incident went down at Catch Restaurant in the Aria Hotel in Las Vegas. And why does Britney Spears keep finding herself in these situations? I mean, two things here. First of all, I, I really enjoy whenever someone who is famous is so arrogant, they believe they will walk into an area and be recognized instantly by every single person in the room, no matter what. Yeah. I, there are very few people on earth. And I'm sorry, but you know what? Britney Spears Spears has gotten older. She has. She doesn't look like she did back in the late 90s. And also, she has fallen out of popularity quite considerably since then, at least as far as the average person is concerned. Uh, so I, I just, when I was, oh, you don't know who I am? How could you? Didn't you know who she was? And you turn and look? No, because I don't follow. I'm guessing the director of security for the Spurs probably isn't following. Number two, in this climate, don't go up at, like randomly and touch people who are surrounded by security. Yeah. Don't. I, I have security when I travel and because of the lovely amount of death threats that I receive every week. And uh, shocker, people don't come up and just like put their arms around me or, you know, say, guess who? Because I'm guessing she didn't walk up and be like, excuse me, sir, and like lightly tap him on the shoulder. You think I'm, it was a little more obnoxious than that? I think it was a little more friendly than that, probably. Mm-hmm. I'd mm-hmm. say she went to her, like trying to pull his shoulder around and then security acts like security does. I see a direct threat. You are putting your hands on a very valuable client. No. And so he threw his hand back. Now, the idea, they're painting this as the idea that, like, he turned her around and said, stop right there, you ignorant cur. And he backhanded her like it's a, like a Hollywood soap opera. No, he probably just, like, pushed her, like, he, his arm went up mm-hmm. as he pushed her away from him. And that's that's a backhand. But uh, Casey, is as serious as a heart attack? Mm-hmm. A heart well, attack, really? If nothing else, uh, Victor Webinyama needs a little PR training because he was talking about it and you could tell that he seemed a little bit rookie-ish with the whole press, all of it. Yeah. Um, And the Spurs, they better contain this situation because you... No matter who you are, you can't go around smacking people. You're just not supposed to do that. As we know from the whole Chris Rock, Will Smith incident, it's a bad look for the NBA. It's a bad look for the rookie. And... It's a bad look for Britney Spears. It is 925. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. 932. Good morning. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennedy is filling in for Rob Kendall today. I believe it's his last day of paternity leave. I think he'll be back on Monday. So Twitter sent Meta a cease and desist letter. Over the newly launched Threads app, the letter was sent yesterday, it accuses Meta of misappropriating Twitter's trade secrets and said Meta trade hired secrets. former Twitter employees who retained proprietary information, proprietary knowledge. Uh, so have you signed Ooh. up for Threads? Uh, I, I I did switch over. So the first of all, for all the people saying it's like wildly innovative, you don't, I heard someone on the last show saying, oh, it's why you don't even have to sign up that. No, mm-hmm. uh, it it's Instagram and Facebook connected. Well, if you have Instagram, 
Instagram, I guess it makes the process a lot easier. Right. So first of all, two two things. Number one, I think that Threads is doomed to fail. I do. I think it's like Google Plus because there's actually nothing it does better than Twitter. Number two, carrying over massive follower accounts, not for the big legacy accounts, but for all the mids. So all of your people between 10,000 and 150,000 followers, I would say on Twitter, who do a lot of their work there daily, like that's where they break news, your journalists, your mid-range celebrities, things like that. When I go over to threads and I get on Twitter and I say, hey, everyone follow me over there, you may be lucky to get 1% of your following base, maybe, that joins you over on the other app. We've learned this through several other social media apps and experiences, you know, even all the way over into the streaming space, not just uh, Twitter, Parler, Truth, Social, uh, Mastodon, Blue Sky, all of the other ones, but also streaming sites like Twitch, etc., so that's number one. I think Threads is doomed to fail. It's also garbage so far from what we've seen. <laughs> number two, and more important, I think that this is a stupid decision by Twitter. Number one, corporate lawsuits never make the people who filed the lawsuit look good. Never. I, I, show me one case in which a corporation's like, you better stop doing what you're doing. And everyone's like, oh, that was a good move. Mm-hmm. Yes, good on you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've never seen that happen. Poaching your ideas? What are you, for? Get out of here. I mean, it's a social media app. You're posting short posts. As for poaching employees, number one, I didn't know that is illegal. It's probably not. And number two, people poach employees all the time. When I left Franklin News Foundation to go work for the Daily Signal and the Heritage Foundation, I brought secret trade secrets over from Franklin to Heritage. And uh, most of those trade secrets were, please do not operate like the Franklin News Foundation. Well, some employees do sign NDA. NDA agreements. Yeah, but NDA agreements. So first of all, NDA agreements are very, very fragile. Mm-hmm. Like violating an NDA is is very hard to, to prove because they're always re- even the most tightly impressive NDAs are usually just really flimsy. And number two, even if it's like a for the rest of your life kind of NDA, uh, they really only hold up in court financially or should I say civilly for only about two to four years. So, I mean, as far as Facebook poaching them with that kind of a thing, I don't even think the two to four year thing would hold up. Now, I thought that as soon as you sign up for threads, anybody who's following following you on Instagram is an automatic thread follower. Uh, I So, so it you, works you, for some people. It doesn't work for others. Okay. They're still figuring it out. And number two, I have different follower. A lot of people have different follower uh Uh, different like follower circles of people so my instagram is more personal i never post on it it's just like photos of of things that i'm you know looking at at the time um or the occasional reel that i spit out my twitter is my space where i'm that young snappy journalist that you all sadistically follow Mm -hmm. and so carrying those and mixing those together is just kind of weird and the same with facebook's totally different i'm usually like my grandmother posts pictures and videos of me singing in church on my facebook for a long time it's like totally different markets you know what i mean so if you put all of those things together i don't necessarily think that that kind of really behooves them as much as as they think i don't know i just don't see i don't it's two things can be true at once here number one twitter's stupid for suing meta that's only going to make meta look better here and number two i think threads is doomed to fail because it's not doing anything and also whenever you start a new tech product yeah you need the age 15 to 24 age market to buy in and go all in on it well that's one of the reasons why tiktok took off 
Correct. Yeah. And before that, musically, and before that, Vine. Well, I'm just curious how long it'll be before Mark Zuckerberg starts uh, censoring people on threads. We have reports, and I'm investigating this at the moment. You have Is to it happening it already? Mind. Yeah, it's already happening. Okay. Uh, he said that uh, when they launched threads, 30 million users signed up for it in the first day, which dwarfs the competitors. That's a lot of people to sign up for an app at its launch. But I attribute that to its connection to Instagram. They're already there. Yeah. And it, I, they made it a really I, I like also say one click process. So we've, we've also noticed so far that the people most likely to sign up for threads are very on the left. Yes. So over 65% from, from like user polling mm-hmm. that have gone over to threads are, are politically motivated and far to the left. 65% consider themselves very far to the left. It, it's a political motivation because they don't like that Twitter's become more of a common space for people on the left and right to argue, which that's what Twitter was supposed to be, is that public dumpster fire you love to hate. So, I mean, it, it, I really am just seeing the same... It's just the same thing. They're going to go. They're going to yell. But it's like true social. And it's also it's, it's kind of like Gab mm-hmm. and Parler before it. Echo chambers don't really have an appeal. Uh, they don't. I, I just don't think that after a while they, they last. I mean, for a legacy media publication, it's hard enough to kind of foster an echo chamber. But when you're communicating with it, if there's no one to kind of fight with, what's the point? Half the reason people argue on Facebook is for the comments. Well, I thought it was, it'll be interesting. Like you said, a lot of people who sign up for threads are leaning towards the left. So you're going to have, what, two different platforms. Um, And when you have a conversation with somebody, you say, oh, what, what, what are you on? Oh, you're on threads? You know exactly where they stand politically then. Oh, you're on Twitter? Oh, okay, you're on that side then. Well, maybe though. Are are we picking platforms based on our politics? Again, this is where I I say that that Google Plus tried to do this back in the day. Mm -hmm. They did. They tried very hard to make a social media application that even had some newer features that Facebook didn't have at the time, and it failed because there's no reason to move. And so for the corporations, so like your sports teams and your, your sports teams and your, like, marketing agencies and also your PR firms and your journalistic organizations, they're still going to be on Twitter because that's where news breaks. It is. I have 26,000 followers on Twitter, and a lot of those are basically assigned people from corporate institutions. There's someone from MSNBC who follows me so that whenever I tweet, uh, he gets his name is uh, uh, Kincaid. He gets a, a little notification because he knows that's where I post my articles. Mm-hmm. There's no real reason for him to establish a huge following on threads and then have yet another app to juggle. Because that that app fatigue is something I wrote about in grad school and education. It's exhausting to have 546 apps and 348 logins with a thousand and a half passwords that you have to keep track (laughs) and it never keeps me signed in. And I can't sign into the rewards app at Taco Bell when I'm already in the drive-thru line. And it's it's a pain, right? (laughs) It's just one more app to keep track of. I'm sick of it. Enough. Okay, let's talk about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. He spoke at the Moms for Liberty conference and he was spitting fire. Oh, I heard him live. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, I'm curious I'm curious if you heard him give this speech. Uh, I hope he just doesn't fall into the trap of pandering to the audience of whatever room he's in. Because he does... Oh, yeah, he does that. That's he his, that's he his brand. He seems to do that. that oh, that, I, and I know you like, I love you like Vivek, and I spoke to him personally for a few moments afterward. Mm-hmm. And I challenged him on this, and he gave me a, a blasé answer, which I expected him to. I didn't expect him to be honest. I'm trying to get an interview with him, which I think I might get scheduled in the next couple of weeks. But he is. He, he's a populist. Yeah. And populists play to the room. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a populist. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is a populist. What the room wants to hear, that politician will tell you. And that's a different kind of politician than your top 
Todd Youngs, your Eric Holcombs, and your more establishmentarians who play to the room in a different way. These guys, like Vivek, he thinks he'll tell one room, yeah, transgenderism, it's, it's, you know, it's a mental illness. These people need help. And then the, then the next day, he'll get on TV and he'll say, transgender people should be allowed to serve in the United States military because there's nothing wrong. Okay, which is, which it? is it? Which is it? Right. And, and just a couple of months ago, before he announced his candidacy, he said, I don't think that talking about transgenderism regarding kids is the Hill Republicans should die on. I don't think this is a big problem. And then he gets in front of the Moms for Liberty Summit, and he's like, this is one of the biggest problems we're facing today. Right. Which is it? Yeah. I like what you are saying culturally, but are you saying that because you- Of the room that you're you in? You believe it? Or yeah. are you saying that because you read Prager University's Twitter feed this morning, and you know what the room is expecting? Yeah. Okay, well, let's listen to what he had to say. This is Vivek at the Moms for Liberty conference. I'll tell you, above all, our nation, the United States of America, we were founded on the truth, the pursuit of the truth itself. And what we need to do, what you all are already doing, which is why I love you, which is why they will protest you, which is why they will vandalize our events, is that we are speaking the truth without apology. America was founded on the truth. So what we're going to talk about today... Let's talk about the truth. That was not a standing ovation, by the way. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. An open border is not a border. Reverse racism is racism. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the best known form of governance to mankind. Capitalism is the best system known to man to lift people up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four, and the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is the truth. That is the most fired up I have ever heard him speak. So I was texting uh, Max Eden. I, again, I'm in, I'm in the room watching this, mm-hmm. and Max Eden and Robert Pondicio were two gentlemen over at the American Enterprise Institute I was talking to. While he was doing this, I typed to them in all caps, yeah. this talking point is energetic. <laughs> he literally took a list of planks yeah. and he said them and then this and also this. And everyone's like, yeah, we already agree on this, dude. You you should like by the time you get to the Moms for Liberty conference in Philadelphia, you should have already been saying these things on the campaign trail for months. Do you think he was trying to do that just to get the crowd wound up? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, were I in his shoes? First of all, have I ever done that in a, in a speech that I've given? Absolutely. I have. Absolutely, I have. There are times when you want to get an emotional high because then you want to shift the turn and drop his voice down Mm -hmm. and say, and this is the call to action. And that's what he does. Okay, you want to talk about dropping your voice down. Let's compare that to Joe Biden. He brings out his creepy whisper once again, and this time he's falsely claiming that he cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion. By the way, parenthetically, I want you to hear about the deficit. The deficit, $1.7 trillion in two years. Nobody's ever done that. Cut the debt, $1.7. Except he spent $6 trillion. Moody's Analytics says that the uh, actions of the Biden administration and Congress have resulted in higher deficits, not smaller ones. By the way, the CPI, which really affects you, is still at 16%. It is 945. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. 
I hear the train a coming. Nice. Rolling around a bend. Johnny Cash. I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. 947. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall is out in his place. Tony Kinnett joins us today. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me on Twitter, Casey Daniels 317. Did you hear it? Did you hear the new rendition of the national anthem? I love it because we come up with a quote unquote new rendition of the national anthem every time someone who's far richer than I I ever will be mm-hmm. uh, decides to put on their little oppression cap and mm-hmm. they're just going to change it so that you know they can let everyone know because they, they want to be famous it's you know it's just an attention getter and i guess you know if you're going to deface something then the u.s national anthem is sure to get you those page views okay so this comes from r&b singer jill scott she did a woke rendition of the national anthem she changed the lyrics and she was speaking about oppressed black people uh she says this is not the land of the free but the home of the slave. I, I believe we have a little bit of it. Let's take a listen. Oh, say, can you see by the blood in the streets that this place She finishes, do, I believe. Do, do you want to keep going? No, Have you I had don't. Enough? I don't. Well, first yeah. of all, as a former vocal, as a former vocal judge, like <laughs> that, that is judged show choirs, uh-huh. uh, that's horrible. As a vocalist, like that's horrible. Uh, she does not keep pitch at all. I don't like it. it. And no, no one, by the way, and it is classically trained. And by the way, classically trained people, I include like Lizzo mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga. They don't do this garbage where uh, you don't you hold your tone. If it's a held tone, it is supposed to stay on the note, and then it is supposed to get vibrato when the voice goes. Eh, eh, eh. Isn't that so, called a run? It, one would think uh-huh. that you would at least run towards keeping on pitch, but okay. in her case, so that's that's. I the didn't think we were going to be talking about no. the actual performance, yeah. so but moving moving great. past moving past yeah. that. Uh, the, first of all, garbage. She ends the song by saying that this is not the land of the free, but the home of the slave. First mm-hmm. of all, there are no slaves in the United States right now. Based on skin color, there are sex slaves that are trafficked up the border. But other than that, there are no people in the United States who are currently in the system of slavery. And may I remind that we fought a very bloody war that was on the part of ending that practice. Mm -hmm. It was a contentious issue from the American Revolution. Several northern states banished slavery in any form or fashion far before any European nation ever did. To continue along that measure, I would also like to point out that the Northern Abolition Movement was the envy of Europe among Protestants to advocate for the freeing of slaves. And after that, worked very, very hard to send aid and resources down to freed slaves of the South. So that's number one. Number two... This is it's, it's this is just useless. This doesn't help anyone at all. Pretending that somehow anything that ever goes wrong in the United States is somehow some kind of an echo of slavery is so tired because there are real issues that people are facing every single day. 
And the truth of the matter is that single parent homes affect more homes of every color than racism does in any measure. Mm -hmm. Single parent homes are the greatest common denominator in crime, in poverty, in intergenerational struggling, in wealth differentials, in pay gaps, in all other situations and frustrations in American society. It is single parent homes not race that is the deciding factor in a child's life. Didn't we just see a statistic yesterday that said 25% of homes are fatherless? Oh, gee. I mean, that that plays into exactly what you're talking about. And see, this is the interesting thing, because when I was a teacher in the classrooms, from the rural parts of Indiana to the inner city, when I had students that were getting in trouble, it was almost always students that were in single-parent homes. And some of my students that were supposed to, well, they're black, so therefore they must be getting in trouble and their grades must be bad, were my best-performing students. Some of my white students, Hispanic students, Asian students, whatever, were good students because they came from good homes and they worked hard, not because of the color of their skin. Also, I think it's a little disingenuous for someone whose net worth is estimated to be at 12 least million. $12 million. Yes, yes. Like Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I'm so oppressed. I just make all this money. Yeah. Oh, just so terrible. Yeah. Uh, but Barack Obama. Oh, this is so oppressed for black people. I'm the president of the United States. Get out of here. In what way is she oppressed? So I, I, I'm i more concerned why she's not doing more to encourage success, education, self-responsibility. How much are you donating? Like, how much of your net worth missed $12 million? Are you actually giving back to the community? And no, I'm sorry. If you're worth $12 million, I don't think a $500,000 check cuts it. I don't. And by the way, while we're on this subject with Ben and Jerry's mm-hmm. lecturing we'll everyone. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But all of these organizations saying how we need to talk about how black people deserve reparations, even though uh, um, the majority of the United States black population actually deals with more like immigration as opposed to like a full, wholesome, 100 percent slavery ancestry. Uh, and, you know, it needs to be all about reparations and giving land back. Yet none of these organizations are actually voluntarily giving up their money. They want you to give up your money and they want you to apologize. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep sitting up on their haunchy laurels. Right. Why cheer and campaign victimhood as well, which is what she's doing. And for all those people that are hating America, there are thousands of flights every day that leave the country. Pick one. Canada's wide open, and sweetie. And have a nice day. Take yeah. one. Before you do get on that flight, though, uh, maybe have a conversation with Brittany Griner and her thoughts of what it's like to not be in this country anymore, to be held against your will someplace else. I mean, I w- You know, she's standing for the national anthem and not the Jill Scott version. You know, I would she's also doing that now. would also point out since you talked about this victimhood mentality thing, how many little girls does she think that she's inspiring to actually go out and achieve something? Because what she's telling people is that you don't have a chance. The boogeyman of racism will keep you down forever. That's not helping a single soul right, right. get anywhere in life. I don't see it. All the, the only people that I see carrying this message as adults that are like profiting off of this are the white suburban moms who are running around because they have nothing else to do and they're repeating this message. No one else who is a working adult genuinely believes this or practices this in any way, shape, or form. Okay, well, let's talk uh, quickly about another musical artist. After more than 50 years, the Eagles are heading out on the road. Uh, they're calling it their final tour. Yesterday, they announced the Long Goodbye Tour. It's going to kick off September 7th in New York. They're going to be at Gamebridge on October 9th in Indianapolis. The tickets go on sale Friday, July 14th at 10 a.m. 
I mean, I, the Eagles are one of the most phenomenal groups of all time. They they are the group that brought elements of the the psychedelia guitar solo into uh, the '80s and the early '90s. And my my thanks to an organization like the Eagles, which has just done so much for music is, I mean, this is just so cool to do their final tour. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing to see them still doing this kind of stuff. Um, I, I, and I'm not a huge Eagles fan. Now I was always more of like a Fleetwood Mac kind of guy, but I still love what they can done. appreciate love, it. Some of their songs are fantastic. I keep them on my playlist. Hey, before we get to break, I want to mention this. Uh, the heart of the U.S. economy is moving south. Six states in the Sun Belt now contribute more to the national GDP than any place in the Northeast. Okay, so a lot of the wealth migration is going to Florida, Texas, Georgia, North and South Carolina, and Tennessee. They're all outperforming Washington, New York, the entire Boston corridor. So the switch took place during the pandemic. But it's not slowing down. So you've got two-thirds of all job growth in the country now concentrated in the Southeast. Now, I would attribute a lot of this to the no-income tax in three out of uh, these five states that were listed, Tennessee, Florida, and uh, Texas. But uh, a lot of uh, the workers going to the Sun Belt for better weather. Yep. Also more space after everybody was cramped up in their tiny little expensive apartments in New York during lockdowns. And, you know, these southern states, they lifted lockdown measures faster. They were luring people away. And around 2.2 million people migrated to Florida and across the southeast just in the past two years. There's a couple Fortune 500 companies that are headquartered in the south. Uh, AT&T, Dell, Tesla, CVS, Publix, Coca-Cola, Delta, Home Depot, Lowe's, Bank of America, Eastman, AutoZone, and ExxonMobil. And, and there's, there's a cultural reason to this as well. And we're talking about the cramped tiny apartment. We were sold in the 90s and the aughts that kind of uh, the, the revivification of Dolly Parton's nine to five, mm-hmm. where the cool thing to do is go to the big city and you get into the big city mm-hmm. and you work out of this and tiny apartment it. and it's great. And it, it no, it smells like piss. It's it's a hor- big cities are horrible. It, it, I, I would sooner cut off both of my legs than move into downtown Indianapolis again. <laughs> you could not pay me. People don't like big, dirty cities where crime is rampant. It smells terrible and no one does anything. It's worthless. It's the Kendall and Casey show. That's Tony Kinnett. It's 93 WIBC. Those people keep a moving and that's what tortures me. Hey, hey, hey.